the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show as we head into Hour 3 this Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I was offered the opportunity to break some political news here with you, someone who's been a guest of ours before, and that is Alexander Culloden. He's an attorney in Scottsdale. Alex, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Seth. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. Thanks for coming back on the show. You have a political announcement you'd like to make here, sir. I do. You know, I have been uh, in the trenches in the conservative legal fight on behalf of the president and the audit team and others. But I've also been going around my district listening to voters. And honestly, they're they're feeling some angst. You know, they they're feeling like they elect people, you know, they get in and then those people go to work. But they don't go to work for the Arizona voter. They go to work making excuses. And it almost seems like some, like our Scottsdale City Council and others, almost go out of their way not to fight for voters. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've decided that I've done all I can in the courtroom, and I'm formally announcing my candidacy for the Arizona State House. Fantastic. We urge a lot of uh, we urge a lot of the time here, Alex, that uh, if if um, if you are angry about something, if you are disappointed about something, there is a lot of room to run for office to do something about it, whether it's school board or what you're doing here running for the state House of Representatives. This would be in what legislative district 23, correct? This is the heart of uh, uh, the heart of Scottsdale. Tell us about the district a little bit, Alex. Yeah, it's uh, it's the hardest. Scottsdale, Fountain Hills, Rio Verde, obviously uh, subject to redistricting, but we imagine it will remain quite similar. Uh, and also the heart of the Biden administration's attacks on Arizonans mm-hmm. uh, by putting a uh, by putting a migrant detention facility on Scottsdale Road. I wanted to ask uh, you about Biden that. Administration yeah. has... oh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. My bad. <laughs> By, by putting a migrant detention facility on Scottsdale Road, the, the Biden administration has declared war on my community. And we need a conservative smart enough to write the laws to protect our state sovereignty against these attacks. Tell the audience, Alex, uh, Culloden is running for state house in uh, Legislative District uh, 23. Alex, tell the audience a little bit about your background uh, and about, uh, you know, how you grew up and how you came to be doing what you're doing such that you would be the person uh, that voters could uh, look to to put in uh, office so that you can represent them so that uh, they can have representation. I mean, this is you're right. These are the calls I get, Alex, people who don't feel representative. Tell, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So I actually started off, funny enough, as a commercial litigator, uh, and God, I think, brought me into brought me into political litigation. Uh, about a year ago, we had a case against Adrian Fontes, won a great victory against him in the Arizona Supreme Court that uh, said that he was trying to run an illegal and unconstitutional election. And I sort of thought that would be the highlight of a career and uh, the end to an eventful election season. 
Uh, but instead, we found ourselves on the front lines of the fight over the Arizona election, representing President Trump's electors, uh, representing the AZGOP, the audit team, and others, uh, to fight for free and fair elections in this state uh, and to fight back uh, more recently against the Scottsdale Hotel uh, and to preserve the sovereignty of this state and our great republic against uh, democratic efforts to undermine it. When you look, uh, Alex, at some of the issues concerning not only represent, uh, uh, District 23, but, you know, it's a funny thing about members of the House of Representatives, federal, nationally or at the state level, right? They do represent a district, but they also are voting for state or at the federal level, you know, national laws that affect the nation. When you look around the state as well as your district, what are some of the things you would want to roll up your sleeves on mm-hmm. and propose to fix and address the concerns your your residents and the state's residents have? So I would say this is in the legislature and in elected office generally in Arizona, we are very fortunate. We have very well-intentioned legislators, right, legislators who care about free and fair elections, secure borders, safe communities, school choice, protecting our water supply, all these things that are extremely important to Arizonans. But what I've done in my legal career and what I will do as a member of the state legislature is translate good intent into actionable litigation that will actually get the results done that conservatives want to see done, that will hold up in court, and that will advance the ball in the most effective way possible. I think that's the piece that we're missing right now, and that's what I can bring to the table. Fantastic. One of the things that obviously has had a lot of my listeners calling in lately is the issue you spoke of earlier, and that's the Homewood Suites Hotel, or what was formerly known as the Homewood Suites Hotel, I suppose, uh, right there in Scottsdale, Alex. Um, it is, as you put it, a going to war with our district from the administration. It does seem in some respects, you're, you're the, you're the, uh, experienced litigator, but it does seem in some respects we may be hamstrung a little bit legally on, on what we can do. But you tell us if you see an avenue out, out of it other than what I think has been very important, which is bringing attention to it and, uh, ex- exposing the outrage of such a decision. And, and, and see, that's one of the things that frustrates me is I wish we had elected officials that understood the law Good. and that zoning decision, right, obviously it violates city of Scottsdale zoning to put Good. a detention facility next to schools and neighborhoods, Good. that those are local, state, and legislative decisions, not federal executive decisions. And by signing a contract uh, with a private party, the Biden administration can't simply get around those ways. And in the state legislature, I will stand up and protect our prerogatives as the great state of Arizona, because if we don't do that, then all we're doing is walking around with a fancy title, getting nothing done. We need to have respect for ourselves as a sovereign state and assert that. Well, let me this 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 is a this is obviously an issue that 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 all of your uh, voters would care about. But another thing that they would care about, God, please let us not have to deal with it again, Alex, but I'm sure they would love your views on mask mandates. Where did you come down on that over the last year, year and a half? Well, about a year and a half ago, I spoke at an event with Congressman Biggs and, and some other luminaries called Liberty on Lockdown. I was proud to be one of the first people to come out against uh, these sorts of mandates. My view is if you ask 
should the government do X? My response is always no. <laughs> Start with no. X? <laughs> My response is no. Okay. No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I mean, there are there are benefits and risks to all of these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, it's for individuals and families to make these medical decisions. And my my view is, you know, I have unique talents in, in writing law and crafting legislation. I like to think I'm, I am not a smart enough guy to tell somebody how to live their life. Good. And nobody else is. Alex, if you uh question you may not have been prepared for, if you were to think back a little bit over the trajectory of your career and uh, intellectual uh, growth you um you describe yourself as a republican conservative what are some of the uh, books or who are some of the thinkers that have shaped your worldview well in college i read uh, conscious of the conservative by another great proponent of uh, federalism state sovereignty our great senator barry goldwater and that was really formative in helping uh, helping develop my views of the law uh, of course, Beth Yat, the law, uh, Ayn Rand, uh, you know, we're all fairly formative political thinkers. Uh, and I like to say they've had a little bit to do with developing uh, my political ideology today. Alex, is there a website if people want to help you out or learn more about you they can go to? Yeah, absolutely. So there is nobody that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and Katie Hobbs would less like to see in this office than me. So I'm going to need your listener support to get there, to fight for the people of Arizona. If they want to help and join me in that fight, they can go to my website, www.alex4az.com. That's A-L-E-X-F-O-R-A-Z.com. Find ways to get involved, donate, volunteer, sign our nominating. We need your help so that we can push back in the legislature because the pen is mightier than the sword. And if you help me get there, I will show you that every single day. Stay close, Alex. And thank you for taking the opportunity to use this show to announce your candidacy. We're delighted to have had you to do that. It's an honor, Seth. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. 602-508-0960 is our number. As we head to break, let me put in a touch uh, a touch. Let me put in a word for cool touch. A touch for cool word. <coughs> no. Chris Funk and his team at Cool Touch Air Conditioning for all your air conditioning needs. They're the company I use. They're the company my friends use. The company my family uses. Just great customer service. It's so great you have to actually see it to believe it, experience it to believe it. Um, tell them at Cool Touch for your air conditioning needs that I sent you. Give them a call at 623-734-1932 or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. And ask them, ask them about this new system that works like a dimmer switch where you can automatically get just the right percentage of air conditioning, which gives you huge savings on your utility bills. Again, cooltouchac.com. By the way, if you go with that new system, they're offering a $2,000 rebate, too. The head of uh, the chief of naval operations is one uh, admirable, excuse me, the chief of naval operations is one admiral, Michael Gilday. I did not think he did a very admirable job today uh, in front of um, the um, inquiry on Capitol Hill. 
He was asked why he was teaching uh, his sailors and why on the recommended reading list was Ibram Kendi's book uh, on uh, critical race theory. The book called um, "How Not to Be," or excuse me, "How to Be an Anti-Racist." The book where Ibram Kendi says the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. And Admiral Gilday said, "I am not a theorist." But I want our men and women of the Navy to be able to think critically. It makes me wonder how they thought before this book was invented, before this book was written two years ago. And I just wonder how important it is for our military to be thinking critically when the criticism is about America. Why are we having men and women who put our uniform on to defend this country being trained in tracks that philosophically and intellectually try to destroy this country. In other words, why are our men and women in the military being trained in the kind of works that our enemies would write about us and do write about us? The idea that he's not a theorist is he says, I'm not a theorist. I'm the chief of naval operations is not a dodge. It's a distraction and a red herring. Because if he's not a theorist, he shouldn't be recommending books about theory that he doesn't understand when he's telling his sailors that they should be theorists. That is what he said. He wants them to think critically. He wants them to be theorists, but he's not one. I don't think we want them to be theorists, and I don't think we want him to be a theorist. But someone who knows this world just a little bit better than I is Rob in surprise. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead, sir. No, that's fine, Seth. And, and I'm happy to hear about the announcement in uh, Scottsdale. It's always good to see people that are uh, willing to step up and, uh, you know, step into the arena uh, and suffer all those slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Um, I did find out that, yeah, Admiral Gilday was talking to the House Armed Services Committee and it was uh, Republican representatives uh Doug Lamborn and Jim Banks. I, I was playing Lamborn's questioning of him, I think. It was David. Yeah, that, that could well be. Now, I, you have to understand, and of course you do, um, that, you know, SecDef Lloyd Austin, uh, who's a West Point Class 75 guy, um, everything that he is parroting, Admiral Gilday, is consistent with all the nonsense that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, has as this worldview that somehow... You know, we have this uh, alleged racist problem in the military, and it needs to be weeded out. Well, first of all, do, we, do, we, have, do we have that problem? Well, that's where I'm going here. I, I believe in my heart of hearts that we do not. And the reason I don't uh, is because uh, I've been there for 20 years. Again, it's been 20-plus years, but I don't believe anything has really changed in that sense. And I think what we're seeing here is, again— uh, the whole, uh, how do we say this? Uh, they're perpetuating an issue that doesn't really exist. And instead of talking about things like combat readiness, doing people, doing their duty, uh, war fighting, countering China and Russia, uh, they're all just getting wrapped up in all this woke, uh, critical thinking, Ibram Kendi how to be an anti-racist nonsense, valuing diversity, 
No, I would value combat readiness and, and training and the ability to do one's job. Uh, but then that would kind of run counter to what they're talking about because, you know, the Navy I was in emphasized teamwork, unity. We didn't care about color. We read books like, you know, Alfred Thayer Mahan's The Influence of Sea Power Upon History. We read all of the Clausewitz books. We read about the histories, the bios of Nimitz and Halsey and all those things. And those are the kinds of books that actually ought to be read uh, by people rather than all of this ridiculous racial crap that is really meant to divide uh, everybody instead of unite everybody as a team. And, and that's what worries me the most. When you have people in Washington at the highest levels, the chief of naval operations, you know, coming out and giving a recommended reading of Ibrahim Kendi's books, and I don't know if the guy's real name is Hank Jones or something like that, um, it, it's dangerous because it misleads people. It misrepresents what really needs to be emphasized, which is combat readiness. This does nothing to improve combat readiness. This does nothing to, uh, you know, help anybody think critically. And sailors, more than anything else, need to be trained fully to do their jobs, whether it's, you know, load a gun, load a missile, uh, maintain an airplane, uh, work a nuclear reactor, and all of that stuff. None of that has anything to do with the racial stuff, with critical race theory, with wokeness. It has to do with being trained professionally and being a professional. And none of that stuff out of this Kendi book has anything to do with being a professional. And that's what bugs me the most, more than anything. But again, he's a Washington political animal. When and, you went, when I you guess. went through training, when you went through the academy, I mean, yes, of course, the intellectual fa- development of faculties is important. And I'm guessing right. at some point, I'm guessing at some point, you read excerpts of the Communist Manifesto. I'm guessing. Oh, I read the whole thing. Okay, fair enough. The point yeah. there was you did read it. You may have been assigned it. I, you may not have. I'm assuming it probably was, um, or at least recommended. But when you yeah. read it, you read it not so that you embrace it, but that so you understand it and that which you're fighting. And that is the difference between reading the Communist Manifesto then and reading Ibram Kendi, a Marxist, now when they embrace it. It is an amazing thing to me, this two, three, four, five-year test we keep doing in. If you told me five years ago the Navy would be recommending Marxist theory to its sailors, I'd be, um, I'd be amazed, as would you. But now it's de rigueur. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. Can we can we um, add some squeeze? Do you like squeeze? Babylon and On is the album I would like to take the music from. Get me three songs from Babylon and On. Did we have a music discussion we needed to engage? We had something we needed to talk about on air and ventilate, wasn't there, Bill? Yes, it was puppies. Listen to this. I walk in to my producer Bill's office earlier today and he, he he's not he would not be a good poker player cuz he whenever i walk into his office he has this little side button on his computer that he pushes it, it <laughs> i don't know what you call these buttons 
they they used to be called. I, I, there was a name for them. Was it a Super Bowl button or something like that? But it's it's a button you push whenever you know a work colleague comes in, and it just makes your screen go blank. I've heard it referred to as the boss button as well. Yeah, the boss button. the The screen just goes blank, so <clears throat> so you can't, or it minimizes everything and just gives you your 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 um your desktop. And I and I so he did that, and I said, "Okay, what were you?" It's kind of a game we play now because I know he does it. What were you looking up? Puppies. He was looking up little retriever puppies. Please get one, Bill, and please bring it to the office. As, as we raise it together, Dagny was raised in radio. I got Dagny as a baby, as a, you know, six-month-old, and I brought her to the studio every day. Every day. It would be great when you get little puppy Seth and you bring him to the studio every day, I already think. already got his name. You already have the name? Oh, there it is, puppy Seth. And you've proven it can oh, yeah. work, and the station could use a mascot. It actually is not a great name for a dog. Seth the dog. No, you need two syllables, and it needs to end in a vowel. So let's go with my middle name, Charlie. Done. As Dana did with one of her dogs, who named her dog after me, Charlie. There can be two Charlies. Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. Hi, Seth. How are you doing today? How the heck are you? I'm doing great. Um, having a bit of excitement down here in Maricopa. Power has gone out. No kidding. And, uh, Okay, yeah, and it came on for five minutes and went back off, and nothing adds excitement to life than losing power to your air compressors uh, at 116 degrees. That'll keep life pretty interesting. I'm guessing it's another uh, Russian cyber attack. <laughs> well, uh, let's hope not. Well, it is I odd how many different industries yeah. are getting attacked these days or falling yeah. or failing, isn't it? Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, yeah. Big big industries having big problems. Hey, I I was gonna I was calling in response to your rhetorical question. I'm assuming it's just rhetorical when you asked about the military and critical race theory, because I think it's good to note it, but I don't think it helps us much to spend too much time on it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but because I don't care what problem we have today to point out. It comes back to how how did we get there? And I say, and I always say, if anybody sees any problem today, ask this question because it will answer all the questions. Are when you see the universities and how left they've gotten, or when you see that we've lost football and sports, or every institution, and now we've lost the military, the question becomes, who does the military fear? Do they have anything to fear on the left? Oh, yeah, because they push and they'll ridicule and they'll pull you out and they'll rhetorically lace you up and down. Do they fear anything on the right? Nah, nah. What's the fear? Okay, first thing, even with teachers, uh, do they fear the left? Oh, yeah, because they'll take you out and, and rhetorically lace you up and down. Do they fear the right? We can't even say there's problems in education without a first line of saying teachers are really good. So there's, you know, we cushion the blow. We aren't willing to make people feel uncomfortable. So I think we lost the institution in the military, of course, bit by bit. It started 20 years ago when 
they started doing left-wing uh, encounter groups, and we're like, oh, that's not going to hurt anything. Just let them do it. And then immediately we got to install permanent people in there to do that. Okay, that's hold, okay. Hold, hold the thought, Doug. You're on a roll, and, and it's important what we're talking about here, and it's a lesson that we can't lose. When you lose something, don't lose the lesson, Ann Landers once said. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friend, Solar Sandy. She wants to put more of your hard-earned money back in your pocket, and she knows how if you are inclined or thinking about going solar and saying goodbye to those high-utility power company bills. Solar Sandy has figured out the formula in going solar and how to have no utility power bills, and in some cases have the utility power companies pay you money. If you sign up with her right now, she has a special where she'll not only cover all of your power bills for one year as well as your solar panel payments, but also you will receive a $1,000 bonus at signing. Check out the testimonials on her website. They are amazing. AskSolarSandy.com. That is her website. AskSolarSandy.com. To get started, and go to that website. Or call 623-850-8229. That's 623-850-8229. Or again, that's AskSolarSandy.com. We're talking to Doug in Maricopa about why in the wild world of sports, in the heck, the uh, military would be teaching critical race theory or as the director of naval uh, operations, Admiral Gilday, said today, so that the sailors can learn to think critically, which I guess means they haven't been thinking critically uh, until Abram Kendi's book came on board. Although, Doug, you make the more serious and fundamentally important point, which is this really has been going on for some couple of decades now, yes? Yes, it has. And and it, the reason it's going on and will go on and will not stop in, uh, is because we do not rhetorically fight back. DeSantis is one of the living examples of how to successfully fight back. Um, and you you can look at Trump's uh, AG, Attorney General, uh, Sessions, man you'd want to have in your choir and a bishop at your church who caused all the suffering of the Russia investigation was because he would not stand up against the left. Who do you think Sessions feared? He feared the left and the press's, you know, uh, hating of himself more than he feared what was right. He didn't have, and and I, the left doesn't have that problem. Under under Obama, what what did his AG said? I'm his wingman. Mm-hmm. He had no qualms or compunction with that. That's right. And so this creeps in small, and everybody goes to church and prays that it gets fixed. I pray that I have the strength to fight. I don't want God to do my bidding. I want the courage to do it myself. But Session and his ilk, they're good men in church, but they let great evil occur because they don't have the courage to fight back. 
Um, I don't give money to the Republican Party. I've told you several mm-hmm. times, but I give. I've taken up the duty that I have to take or work ten ten uh, percent more in business because I'm giving it away to wow. um, candidates. I'm giving money to a guy called Jones. He is that black. Uh, he's been a Democrat his whole life, but he's turned Republican and he's running for the governor in the state of Georgia against Kemp. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the only, was it the Republicans that won up against Oh, Kemp this guy is incredible, Vernon, jo- Vernon Jones, right? Is that yeah. Who, yeah, he's yeah, Vernon Jones. Yeah, yeah. It was not the Republicans that had, they were gelded, gelded, sterile uh, men. And they <laughs> did not, it took Vernon Jones to do that. Uh, that's the type of Republican that I will give money to. I'll give money to Alex for AZ, the gentleman you have. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, good guy, right, right. Yeah, and you had the the admiral that was going to run for uh, governor. I, you know, I'm very cautious. I think he might uh, Sally McSally our way out, be very diplomatic. But I will support the Arizona AG because he has a proven record of fighting. If we don't fight, then we uh, we fall into the standard uh, Republican thing, and we say, I can't believe the Democrats did it. Well, every time they, that happens, when they do something, ask who opposed them. And if you can't come up with a, a Republican force that opposed it and came up with a counter-narrative that was every bit as strong as theirs, it is not them that's at fault. Nicely said, Doug. Nicely said. Nicely stated. Thank you. Thank you. Worth the wait, and I appreciate your patience on that. All right, Dana, tell Bill what he needs to do here. Well, you know, you're sitting there talking about looking at puppies on the Internet, and I have two six-week-old little boys here that would love to come romp around and play with you guys and need the socialization. What are you wasting your time on the Internet for? Yeah, it's a fair point, except he wants uh, he wants, he wants wants retrievers. Has he ever met a louchin? I don't know if he's ever met a louchin. Very few of us have ever met louchins. But you have to well, admit, Dana, as much as we love that you love louchins and as much as we love louchins, not, um, not, 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 they are not like retrievers. They are different animals, aren't they? They are. Yeah. But they, they, oop, that was a puppy. Yeah. See, he yeah. wants to meet you. Can you hear him? All right. We got to work out so you can bring louchins here. We'll have louchin day. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in my life that have always said, oh, I don't like smaller dogs. I'll never have a little dog. They meet a louchin and they're never the same. I have, you've never heard me say this on air. No, 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 but okay. I'm saying I have friends oh, okay. that, that, have, okay. that have said, no, no, never, and I've converted them. Okay. Well, um, I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm kind of in an awkward spot here. I want Bill to get a dog. I want him to get a puppy, and I want not to disappoint you, though I know that it's very likely he's going to try and go for a retriever. That's my concern here. So if well, you think we can do an intervention, that's fine. We we might be able to, but at the very least, you could meet a couple of puppies and play with them, and I can hook you You have one named after me. Can he meet that one? Can he meet Charlie? Well, she's in Tucson. So it's a destination meeting. That's fine by us. <laughs> Oh, you're fun, Dana. Thank you. Yes, squeeze. I want more squeeze. God bless. That's great. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon
with us. Really very much appreciate it. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, all of them are available at 960thepatriot.com, including my monologues, which you can also get at YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and type in 960thepatriot, hit subscribe, which is free. It's free, and then you can get them all. Today would be one of those I would put in my top ten, which I think is probably bigger than ten now. But it was one that um, I thought important talking about today's Supreme Court case, not on Obamacare. I know that's the focus for a lot of people. I think the much more important one was the case having to do with the Catholic services in Pennsylvania and allowing them to continue to engage with the city of Philadelphia and contract with it, even though they will not. They refuse, as a matter of conscience, to place foster children in same-sex couples' homes. And the Supreme Court today unanimously, 9-0, upheld Catholic services' right to do that, restoring to the public square and sphere religion to its proper place, which is to say if it is discriminated against, it is being discriminated against. It is being put on a lesser plane. It is being made to be something lesser than other values in this country, secondary, tertiary, or worse. That the Supreme Court today said you cannot do to religion, and thus the naked public square has a few more loincloths on it today. Thank you, Catholic Services, for standing strong and up against the culture and fighting it as hard as it fought you. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed.